Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to our online service. One of the good things about this is we are able to come into every home and homes which uh, people whom we have not met are also listening in on our services, and that's a wonderful thing because we want everybody to know that Jesus really loves them and he's got such a passion for each one uh, of the people, all right? Everybody, God really loves you so much. He's on your side. He's on the side of planet Earth. And we need to understand that God so loved the world. He's not just talking about the planet. He's talking about the people. God loves this world. And that's why he gave us Jesus. And we need to understand that and get it into our whole system. God loves you in a very special way. I mean, I cannot overemphasize the fact that uh, concerning his love because it was his love that sent Christ to take our place on the cross. So we want to say uh, we appreciate you for tuning in over the past few months. You have been very faithful in not only listening to the Word of God, following us on service. You've also been giving, and that's, that is a tremendous blessing to all of us. That was one of the major concerns, you know, whether the people of God would continue to be faithful to God in their tithes, in their offerings. And, and we have been so blessed. You guys have been absolutely unbelievable in your support, not only of the church, but also in the work that you believe God can do in our city and also touching uh, the parts where we are involved in, in missions, okay? So I want to say, wonderful job, great job. Let's get into the Word of God together, but just before we do that, we are trying to get into service on the 2nd of August. We are following all the SOP. We've gone and uh, done up the, doing up the whole building. We've done up the air conditioning, make sure it is all sanitized so that when we come in, everybody is safe. We will be following whatever is required of us to make the, your visit to church once again a wonderful, meaning one, and at the same time that you will be healthy when you leave the service, and that that terrible thing, COVID-19, will not touch any one of you. I believe that when we come into the presence of God, there, there is something that God releases, and this is something we need to understand. See, Jesus said, He said, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. It's more of a general presence with everyone. But He also said this, when two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there will I be in the midst of them. He's talking about a very physical, very manifested way of being in our midst. That's why it is important to gather together, as Hebrews talks about, do not forsake yourself from the gathering together, assembling together of God's people, because we bring in the presence of God. Remember, together we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Individually, yes, God lives inside of us. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But he also makes it very plain that when we come together as a church, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, and so as we look forward to the 2nd of uh, August, where we are moving in, I trust more of you will come into our service and enjoy the presence of uh, each other and also the presence of God. We are all praying much for you that you will have courage, you will be strong, that you will be able to come and worship together with us. However, if you feel that you still need to stay back home, please don't feel condemned in any way, all right? Understand that we love you and we are praying for the time where you will be able to come and join us on the 2nd of August. But in the meantime, for this Sunday and also next Sunday, we will still be online and then the following week we will get back into church again. All right. Now, uh, this morning I'd like to talk to you uh, concerning something that, that has affected quite a number of people. You know, I read a story, and I'm sure you would have heard this legend as well, 
about this man who was one day riding his ox cart and going down the street to Constantinople. And as he was going down this little road, this little road, he met a woman who was standing nearby and she asked for a lift. And so the man said, okay, come on up. So he, she came up on his cart. They began to ride together. But when he looked at her, he became very fearful because of the way she looked. And so he asked her, she says, who are you? And she said, I am cholera. I am cholera. Now, of course, the man got very frightened and he wanted to ask her to get off the uh, cart. But just before he did that, she said to him, she said, sir, please take me into the city. You know, I give you a, a, a dagger and I'm saying that I'm going to go inside that city. There's only five people in that city that I will kill. Cholera will kill five people. And I give you this dagger. It's going to come into the city anyway. And she said, it's going to kill five people. I will kill five people. But here's a dagger. This is the only dagger that can kill me. So keep it with you if I break my promise. And when I meet you again, you can kill me. So, just as they went into the city, within a short time, the man was coming out again, and there stood this woman, and 120 people in Constantinople had died. So the man met the woman, he took out his dagger, he was about to kill her when she said, Sir, I've kept my promise. I killed five people. The rest were killed by fear. The rest were killed by fear. Now, isn't that something? That's a story that we can all learn from, isn't it? Most of what is happening in the world today, people have become so paranoid. They are so fearful. And yet, you know, this fear affects everyone. I just read a little article. Biologists said that we are all born with this fear. Little babies come out with this fear. Now, I don't know whether that is true or not, but what I'm saying is that fear affects every one of us. Now, this morning, I'd like to talk to you about moving out from fear to faith. Barbara Walters once interviewed Larry King and asked him the question, is there, is there something that you are you know, really afraid of? And he said, I'm afraid of death. Okay. So even the greatest among us, you know, the great people, young people, whatever it is, we all have got certain fears that we deal with. So today we want to talk about how can I move out of fear into faith because God wants us to be people of faith people of faith that will walk by faith live by faith see things in a different light altogether and so for our text I'd like us to go to the book of numbers which is very familiar to all of you numbers chapter 13 verses 27 through verse 33 let me read this out to you it's a familiar portion but I'm just going to take out this this particular portion so we understand where we are coming from children of Israel had now come to the borders of the promised land they send the 12 spies out and then they come back, and here's the report that they give. Listen to this. We went to the land to which you sent us, and all it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. The only thing is that people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak, Amalekites are spread out in the Negev, Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites haul the hill country, and the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. Caleb 
verse 30, interrupted and called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. But the other said, we can't attack these people. They are way too stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors. This spies, it says, they spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Why we even saw the Nephilim giants, the Arak giants come from the Nephilim. Along them we felt like grasshoppers and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. There are three areas I'd like to cover today. The first one is how fearful people act. We talk about why God's people are fearful and then how can we move from fear to faith. How fearful people act. One of the things I discovered about fearful people is that they all share similar experiences. It's like birds of the feather flock together. Uh, discouraged people, they get together. Fearful people, they like to gather together also. But not only that, they share similar experiences with people of faith. See, it's, it's not that these ten were separated and they went to a different part of, of the promised land where they saw giants and the other two did not. Sometimes we begin to think that, you know, people who are people of faith don't have similar experiences, that they are exempted from it, like they are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. We say, oh, they can do it because they are like this. But, you know, if we begin to look at that, we need to understand that they all came out of the same place. Now, remember that all 12 of these people were slaves. They didn't have the different backgrounds, like one was born in a palace and, and we are born in the slums kind of thing. They were all slaves. They came out from that kind of a background. They were all set, uh, sent on the same journey. They all went into the same place. They all saw the same things. And yet when they come back, they come back with different reports. How is this possible? Talk about that in just a few minutes. They didn't, the two did not have any special privileges above the other ten. They all shared similar experiences. And you know, when we go through the experiences of life through COVID-19 and all that we are facing, everybody in the world right now are facing similar experiences. Everyone. We all share the same kind of fears. We see the same kind of things. And yet, you know, there are those who will stand in faith. But then there are those who will cover down in fear. And we want to say, Lord, you know, I want to be a people of faith. I want to be like the two. I don't want to be like the ten. Let me say something else about fearful people. Fearful people live their lives almost all the time negatively. Now listen to what they said, all right? In verse 27, we went to the land to which you sent us and all it does flow with milk and honey. Starts off so well. Sometimes when we talk, you know, we, we get so excited about what we have seen and, and we go, my goodness, this is so good. Then they go, just look at this fruit. We saw it, just look. I mean, they brought back the fruit and they are saying, guys, listen, we saw the land. Look at the fruit, man. This is unbelievable. Then 
they go into the only thing. Have you discovered that negative people can take something that is very positive and suddenly just make it very negative? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, this is all wonderful, but remember my brother, Pastor Henry, used to say, you can tell the difference between sheep and goats. He said, goats will always butt and sheep will always say, Amen. <laughs> True, isn't it? So there is always this goat and sheep kind of mentality. They will say, yes, everything is wonderful, you know, but, but, all right. Have you ever discovered that when people say the only thing, <laughs> you know that that's not going to be the only thing. You were going to sit there and start listening to all the other stuff that they are going to share because in verse 28, verse 29, they go on, worse yet. I thought that was the only thing, but the only thing is not the only thing to a person who is living negatively. You will always find something else to add on. You will some find things that, that you could always make things even worse than when it first started. Listen to John Maxwell telling the story. He likes to tell the story about this barber and the salesman, and the salesman goes to the barber, and he sits there, and he says, I, I, I've got to get this haircut because I, I'm going on a trip. We are going, the whole sales team, we are going on a trip over to Italy. We are going to sell some stuff to them, and, and uh, you know, uh, we will also be visiting Rome in the whole process. And, you know, I, I'm hoping to get to see, and the guy immediately, the barber says, oh, you're going to go to Italy. He says, yes, I'm going to go. He says, what airlines are you traveling on? So the guy tells him, you know, the airlines that he's taking, and the guy says, oh, man, you should take that airlines. They are the worst airlines. They never keep their time, and the seating is bad, and the stewards and the stewardesses, man, they are horrible. Why did you choose that airlines, man? He says, I'm sorry, I already booked it, and, and, and you know, well, anyway, he says, you know, I hope when we get there, we'll be able to meet the, oh, man, you're going to meet the Italians. You're going to sell the stuff to the Italians. The barber said, man, the Italians are terrible. They don't buy anything from you, man. Why do you guys go to Italy of all places? You could sell your goods somewhere else. Italians are very bad. They will not buy anything from you. Um, and then he says, the barber says, okay, which hotel are you staying? And the guy gives him the name of the hotel. Oh, my goodness, man. That hotel is so bad. The rooms are stale. They don't give you any towels and, and they are so bad in their service man you could call up room service and nobody will answer you it'll take hours before you get anything why did you go choose that hotel and uh, anyway he says you're going to go there and then you're going to go to Rome he says yeah man and we're all hoping you know we'll stand there and maybe the Pope will come out at the window and we can get a picture of the Pope you will never get to see the Pope the Bible said it is unbelievable you will never get to see the Pope he says, because, you know, there'll be crowds there. You'll be trying to get a picture. and You can't get a proper picture, man. And we went there and it was terrible. Anyway, after some time, salesman goes over to Italy, comes back. After about a month, he sits at the chair. He's all smiles. 
And the barber said, so how did the trip go? He says, my goodness, man, the airlines, they were right on time. The stewards and stewardess, I mean, the flight took off. I didn't know until it landed. It was so smooth. They, were, they treated us, you know, so well. The food was excellent on the flight. And then when we got there, man, I tell you, when we went, they drove us straight up to the hotel. And there they were, all these guys standing out there with nice, good towels in their hands, waiting to, waiting to give those towels to us, man. We had nice, good, ooh, it was so good to have that kind of a feeling. They waited on us in that hotel room. Then we went for the sales meeting. The Italians bought just about everything we wanted to sell them. They were so good, so fun, guys. Then they all took us out to uh, to Rome, to uh, the, you know, to the Vatican. And when we got there, you know, there was an, a guard that came by and said, oh, you team, you are from this place. The Pope would like to meet with you. And so we were shocked. And he says, and the guy, Barbara said, you went in to see the Pope? He says, yes. He says, we went in and the Pope asked me to approach him. There was this long, beautiful red carpet. And, and I walked down the red carpet with trembling and didn't know what to say to the Pope. And, and I bent down and, and I kissed his ring. And the Pope raised up his hands to bless me. And then, and then, and then he looked this way and he looked that way. And, and then he asked me, he said, who's the lousy barber that cut your hair? <laughs> I hope I hope you like that story. But uh, it's about how somebody, some people can take something that is so negative and they feed you all this information and you come away thinking, shall I make that trip? <laughs> shall I go to church on the 2nd of August? So many things are being said. You're being fed with all this negative information. So you have to decide, am I a fearful person? Because if you're a fearful person, you're going to take all that thing and that's what you're going to be spreading around. Because my third point is this, that fearful people have got very closed minds. In verse 30, Caleb interrupted and he called for silence before Moses. He said, let's go up and take the land. We can do it now. But the other said, we can't attack these people. They are way stronger than us. We cannot do it. Stop talking like this. It cannot be done. Their minds are closed. What they see, they have already convinced themselves that there is no way it can be done. They, they, they somehow will reject any form of encouragement, any talk of faith that comes in. They will reject it almost immediately. You don't understand. This cannot be done. You guys are asking for trouble. Okay? That's how fearful people act. They have closed minds. Fearful people will exaggerate. Verse 32, verse 33. They spread scary rumors about the people of Israel. Do you know that rumors are bad? In fact, if you want to talk about last days, there shall be rumors of war, rumors of pestilence, rumors, rumors, rumors are deadly. And they spread scary rumors. I wish they spread faith kind of rumors, you know. But of course, a rumor is a rumor. It's not true. But they begin to take it out. They said, we scouted out the whole land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Now, they said it's a land flowing with milk and honey. They said that it's so fertile 
Look at the size of the bunch of grapes. Two guys have to carry one bunch of grapes. But by the way, did you know that the symbol of Israel is not actually the Star of David is, or the menorah? It is actually two men carrying the grapes. That's a promise. And that's one of the major symbols of Israel. Look at the size of the grapes. And now they're saying, you walk around, man, suddenly, poof, you disappear. The whole land just whoop, sucks you in. <laughs> I mean, is that an exaggeration or what? Okay, everybody we saw was huge. Everybody. <laughs> Not just we saw one giant here and one giant there. We had the privilege of going to Kerala, you know, brother uh, Stephen, Monica, Gore. Yep, and, and what? We, we went to Kerala, and the guy took us down this route, and way up in the hill, as we were going down this, this, going up this mountain path, way up in the hill was this huge elephant, just, just a big elephant by itself, one of those wild elephants, just up there by itself, one. But here they said, every person we looked at was huge. You should have seen the size of the babies. Huge. Everybody. Little kids playing football. Huge. Little girls coming back from school with uniform, huge. <laughs> is that an exaggeration or is that an exaggeration, all right? Why? We even saw Nephilim giants. Along them, we felt like grasshoppers. They looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Can you imagine them saying, these guys, when they look at us, they look down. They say, ooh, down there, way down there, grasshoppers. They were, that's how it was. They were so big, when they looked at us, they looked down on us. We were all like grasshoppers. Isn't that something? You know, the funny thing about it is, later when they come, the first city they take is Jericho. And Rahab says, when you guys left Egypt and you went through the wilderness, we heard about the power of your God and what your God does for you in battles. You guys win every battle, man. These people inside the, the promised land were afraid of the Israelites. But what happened was these guys, they began to exaggerate whatever was happening. You remember how Elijah exaggerated at one time? My goodness, he, he was... He called on fire from heaven. Next moment, he's running away. Then he goes into a cave and he starts to, you know, begin to moan and groan and God comes and speaks to him. And he says, God, don't you know I am the only one left? And God says, come on, man. Just because you don't see others experiencing what you are experiencing doesn't mean that you are the only one. Just because you don't see what others are doing, what you, you know, what you are doing, and they are not doing the same thing does not mean that there are others who have not bowed their knee. I've got so many thousands of them who have still not bowed their knee to Baal, and they are still faithful towards me. Church, I, I want you to understand, sometimes you can feel like, maybe I'm the only one, but you know, that, that, that I feel this way, but, you know, but listen to me very carefully. Don't reject encouragement. Don't reject faith because you're going to exaggerate your problem. The more we keep looking at the size of our problem, the bigger it's going to become. So I pray that you will get your eyes off your problem and start looking towards the Lord. Let me just say another thing about uh, uh, fearful people. They always prevent. This is what this is the, one of the worst things that happens. They prevent others from entering God's best. 
So in Numbers chapter 14, we go down now, and it says this, the whole community was in an uproar. The whole community was in an uproar because the 10 spies had spread scary rumors. They talked about a land that swallows up people. I mean, they exaggerated the whole thing. So the whole community, the ones that came out of uh, Egypt, all of them was in an uproar wailing all night long. Hmm. The whole night, everybody's crying and crying. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against uh, Aaron, now listen, listen to this, the whole community, all the people, the entire community was in on it. Why didn't we die in Egypt or in this wilderness? Why has God brought us to this country to kill us? Our wives and our children are about to become plunder. If your wives and children become plunder, why, what about you? Where are you guys, all right? <laughs> anyway, why don't we just head back to Egypt? And right now, let's, right now, here is Caleb saying, let's go now and take the land. Here are these people saying, let's go back now. And as a result of which, they reached the promised land out of Egypt within the space of three to five weeks. That's the space they took to reach the promised land. But because they said this, they now had to go around in circles for, five, for 40 years. What a journey that was just three to five weeks took 40 years. Do we want to keep going around in circles? Do we want to delay the promises of God? And eventually they did not enter. All of them who said this died in the wilderness. It was their children that were born in the 40 years that began to go into the promised land together with Joshua and with Caleb. Isn't that a sad thing? So now, why do people become fearful? A couple of things. Firstly, the past is quickly forgotten. Now remember, this is just five weeks, let's say at the most, five weeks after their deliverance from Egypt. They had seen the plagues, man, that hit Egypt like crazy. They were carrying in their backpacks, in their saddlebags on their camels and their horses or whatever they had with them. They were carrying the wealth of Egypt with them. 400 years back pay, because they had been slaves for 400 years. 400 years back pay was with them. And they were now coming out and they came and faced the Red Sea. They saw the waters part and became like a wall on either side as close to a million people walked across on dry land. They saw a pillar of fire go behind and protect them, a pillar of cloud leading them in the front. They had a cloud uh, in the daytime and fire by night. I mean, the presence of God was so real. But they quickly forgot the past. Isn't that an amazing thing? They say, that people who have experienced some of the biggest uh, successes can forget very easily. I don't know whether it is true, but have you noticed that none of the disciples experienced miracles of healing or deliverance? The 12 apostles that Jesus chose, they were just fishermen. None of them got healed, you know, like blindness and then start to follow the Lord. The ones that experienced the miracles were probably mingled in the crowd that shouted, crucify him. Is that possible? I think it is. Because sometimes I've noticed that people who have experienced tremendous things in God, they've been blessed so much by God, but they very easily forget. 
the past. Number two, the present is more comfortable. Why go get involved with a land that swallows up people? You know, we'd rather go around the wilderness where even if we have to eat manna every day for the next 40 years, let's stay where we are. Or let's just go back to where we were before. At least the kind of food, you know, onions and garlic and stuff like that is far better than coming into a land that has got grapes this huge. <laughs> so the present can become very comfortable. Aren't you happy that we got online services? <laughs> now you're getting hurt. Oh, my pastor, stop right where you are. Online services. Oh, pastor, why don't we have this till Jesus comes? I can, you know, wake up late, and even if I miss the service, I can go back on YouTube and watch it. Oh, this is great. But listen, church, the reason why God did all of that is to prepare us for what is ahead of us. We need to understand that that was preparation time to enter into the best of times that God has for us. This is where we show the community that we are a strong people. Our worship of God has not decreased but increased the intensity of our worship the intensity of our love for one another this is where we say my goodness i missed you guys nice to see your smiling faces in church this is where family comes back again all right and so we must never become comfortable with where we are at but always be challenged to move forward number three the future seems threatening the future seems threatening that's why they don't want to go into it, all right? Why do people become fearful? The future is always threatening. What happens if, if we go and somebody gets, if there is a, a, a cluster, and then what happens? All of us are affected. So fear keeps these people from entering into what God has for them. There are so many things that we know that God has good things for us, but may God deliver us out of our fear and bring us into it. All right, let me just close with this one. How do we move from fear to faith? How do we deal with the past? Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. We, do just, we are basically doing the opposite of what the people who are fearful are doing. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He has done for me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That's how we get into it. We think about our past, how God has led us through other things in life. God has delivered you. God has healed some of you of some tremendous sicknesses. Some of you have gone through very difficult financial strains, how God has brought you through it, how God helped you in a most difficult situation. Recall those things. How do you heal a marriage? By remembering how the both of you started off in life. You begin to talk about the times where you were courting one another. You recall the past, the good things that God helped you with. Come on, church. Amen. All right? So when you begin to think about the past, that's how you deal with it. 
Forget not all his benefits. Remember the good things, the little things that God has blessed you with. I am grateful for where I am today because of all the Lord has done for me in the past. I've said this to you before. Even if the Lord shuts off the taps of heaven over my life, I will still say I will bless you at all times, Lord, for you have been so good to me. I don't deserve to be where I am today, but you have blessed me tremendously over the years. How do I deal with the present? Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God is still working all things together for my good. He is at work in me. All right? Sometimes you see a little t-shirt. God's not finished with me yet. All right? God's still working on me. Be patient. God's not through with me. And that is so true. God is working in me. Not only working in me, He's working on my behalf. God is working through me, in me, and on my behalf. He has got good things in store for me. So I begin to recall right now, every day, God, you've got good things planned out for my life. How do I deal with my future? Second Chronicles 20 and verse 17, we talk about how God, He was speaking to the people, you do not need to fight the battle, uh, this battle, station yourself, stand and see the salvation of the Lord your God on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. In other words, he's saying to us, listen, your tomorrow belongs to me. Just stand. Believe that I can go into your tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, I will be with you. You can go out and face the battles of life tomorrow. Your future is in my hands. Do you not know that I watch over the birds of the air and if one falls to the ground, I am concerned for that one? The lilies of the field, they are here today, gone tomorrow. Are you not of more value to me than the birds and the lilies? Be not afraid, little flock. It is a father's good intention to give you the kingdom. Take no thought about tomorrow, for tomorrow has got its own problems on its own, but I will be in your tomorrows to help you fight your battles. So church, I pray that God will help you this morning to come out of that spirit of fear that dominates so many people. You do not understand the impact that it can create in other people's lives. I pray that you will be positive in your whole approach towards life, that God will deliver you from a life of negativity, that you don't see things and immediately interpret it in your context as this is the end of the world for me. I cannot face my tomorrow. We've got God on our side. What kind of a testimony that would be when we begin to share to people uh, all our fears and begin to talk about, you know, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. We must be so careful and we are so cautious about so many things that are really unnecessary. Some have become even paranoid. I remember one of the brothers sharing with me the other day when we went out, you know, just riding together. He said, Pastor, my, my, my boss is so afraid even to come out of his home. He won't let his family come out of the house because he's so afraid that this COVID-19 will hit his family. What kind of a life is that? I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, but you have refused that life. And you want to live a life that is negative, a life that is filled with fear. Come on, church. May God deliver us. We are looking forward to greater things in Him, and I trust you are too. Amen. So let me just pray for you that God will move you. If you are filled with fear, God will move you out of a spirit of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind to think things through. Amen? And of love inside of our heart. Let me just close with this illustration 
I shared this many times with you before. I found out one very, very good way of getting out of fear. I shared with you how when I was a little kid, big family, 11 children, my brothers and, you know, and all would begin to talk at night, especially if it is raining. We had a, just one big floor on the ground where we had little mattresses and mats and we all slept there. It was thunder and lightning and they would begin to tell ghost stories. And I was a little kid listening to them and, and they would make sounds and lightning would be flashing and thunder loud. I'd become frightened and I would get up from where I was lying and run into my grandma's little room that she had and the small bed that she slept on. And I would go jump into my grandma's bed because I was my grandma's favorite little boy. And I would jump into my grandma's bed. She was a tiny little lady, jump into a bed cover with, uh, with a blanket and, and just lie close to her. And she would do anything she would just put her arm around and just pat me a little bit my goodness man no no uh, enemy no demonic power no devil no ghost could ever enter that room they were afraid of my grandma as long as I felt the comfort of a hand on me nothing could touch me that's what the Bible says when it says perfect love cast out all fear and when I was with my grandma I felt that love all the fear was gone. In the same way where we get a little close to God, I pray that as you get closer to God over this time, whatever fear you have in your heart will be dispelled and the love of God which is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit will saturate the love of God, the love for God, God's love for you will just saturate your hearts and minds. That's my prayer for you. So let's just bow heads and pray at this time. Ah, Father, how wonderful it is to have a God like you, a God who does not instill fear, but rather instills faith in our hearts. A God who loves us so much that he would sacrifice his own son just for us because of his love for us. How great is your love. No wonder the apostles write about it and they say the height, the depth, the width of it. You know, we cannot measure the great love that God has for us. What manner of love is this that God would call us his sons and his daughters? Deliver us from all our fears, O God, is what David prayed. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. But Lord, I want to trust in you and not be afraid. I will not be afraid because my hope and my confidence is in you. O oh Lord, and I pray that this will be the cry, the desire, the, the very uh, echo of each of our hearts who are listening in uh, this morning. They would just understand that you love them with an everlasting love. So I pray that this love will saturate their hearts and their minds, and I promise that I will give you all the praise as I see them again in service together with us, all gathering as a group. Nobody fearful anymore, but all knowing that they, when they come into the presence of God, there is an absolute covering of his mighty presence over our lives. So I commit the whole church into your hands as we move forward to the next phase uh, of our uh, functioning as a church body here in Shalom. I pray for your blessing to be upon them in Jesus' name. Now I'd like us to raise our hands. Let's just get blessed by God. Father, I pray that you would so bless your people and keep them. You would cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious unto them that you would lift up your countenance upon each one and give them peace in all their homes. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the blessed communion of the Holy Spirit be with each one. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Have a great week, all week.
I hope you are blessed by the message. We are so happy you joined us for church today. I hope God spoke to you through the amazing worship and message. Parents, remember, Kids Alive service is right after this at 12 p.m. And for those joining us at our physical church next Sunday, we can't wait to see you. Follow us on our social media platforms to get daily updates. Stay in touch, stay connected, and stay safe. Bye. Yay!